0: Welcome to The offseason. I'm your host, Dr. Cox. The offseason is an exploration of athletic health, recovery and performance told through stories of athletes and their medical and training team. Now for a quick but mandatory medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of naturopathic medicine or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. No patient-doctor relationship is formed. Use of this material is at user's own risk. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any conditions they may have and should seek assistance from their trusted healthcare professional for any condition. This podcast does not speak on behalf of naturopathic medicine and does not represent the views of the profession as a whole. Hey, team, welcome back to another episode of the off Season. Today I have on Justin Blanger. He is the podcast host of High Button Sports. So, anyone here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, probably knows these guys. Um, Every time I look at their Instagram, I just kind of get brought back to growing up and playing hockey around here. Some of the pitchers, the old rinks uh, really bring back memories for me. So Justin has a great way about him for conversations. And I think, you know, he gets to talk to some of the top athletes in the world and he does a really good job of pulling Um, some insightful and you know heartfelt information from them so yeah I, I really enjoy the podcast if you haven't checked it out you definitely have to and today we kind of chat just about his life what brought him here the aspects of entrepreneurship that kind of came from athletics and what he learned along the way and kind of inspiring the masses to do their own thing there's there's a classic route of education but there's some other options so yeah I hope you guys enjoy this one
1: Justin, welcome to the off-season. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've been thinking about having you on here for a while now, and our schedule's finally aligned.
1: Yeah, I I forgot about that. I apologize. I forgot that the first-time canceler, my scheduling messed up i'm sorry I completely forgot about that but no yeah I'm happy to be here thank you
0: no worries at all i feel like you know these day and ages just getting people's time is is such a mission and anything like with covid you'll just take right because it's people are all over the map right now
1: oh a hundred percent my my google calendar is my bible these days and I, it changes like four or five times a day it's just uh there, there's a lot that you have to try to squeeze in in, in the amount of a week and Especially with COVID and hockey changing and games being on, games being off, teams going away, teams being home. There's just so many moving parts this past year that you just, you got to be able to adapt to it all. And last time when we scheduled that podcast, that was a perfect example of me just not looking at my calendar and then scheduling a live streaming and then not being able to do this. So it's just So there's a lot of that for sure, but it's a, it's a learning experience for sure. Like there's never going to be another year like that. So talk about going through the grind and just learning, uh, you, know, you know, so many valuable lessons. So hopefully when we come out of this, hopefully here within the next six months, we'll be all better for us.
0: hundred percent. You know, what's getting me too is time changes. So all of these like Zoom meetups and stuff like that. I yeah. messed up time so yeah. many times. Oh, it's, yeah. It's not good on my part. I have to learn well, time zones.
1: Who was, I, who was I talking to the other day? I was talking to someone the other day who was in the end. It was Ryan Graves and he was out in California. You know he's a smart guy. You no, know, I like to think I'm a smart guy too. But like we just couldn't figure out the time zone. Okay, when are you gonna call in? You're four hours behind. Okay, you're four hours ahead. What time is that time? Halifax time. And anyways, it's 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 a mess. But it it'll uh, I guess it all works out at the end.
0: Definitely. I always had I had one from Australia, and I just couldn't figure out that it was like the oh, next day. And I oh
1: Australia, took
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we figured it out. We got it. It was good in the end. A good definitely. How so far?
1: What is sorry? What how far is Australia from here? Like a time difference?
0: So like a day and uh I I guess I should know the exact hours but like my seven o'clock at in the morning was their next day evening I think it was wow so you're like
1: 13 out like something like that yeah like
0: but he was ending his day and I was just starting mine but the day before (laughs) So crazy to think crazy. about. Crazy. Definitely. But no, we got you here, so that's a good start. Um, so why don't you kind of start with a little bit about your athletic background and, and kind of hockey for you?
1: Yeah, I started uh, as a hockey player, as a regular Canadian kid growing up. Um, you know, played street hockey, got in a lot of trouble as a kid. I remember moving around, uh, I had like my old hockey net, and I used to bring it up to a, a local elementary school that was right by my house, and I, I'd play there by myself, and shoot the puck, shoot the ball. I remember there was a group of older kids that always used to play in my neighborhood and I'd always you know, try to squeeze my way in and, and play with those guys. Um, my grandparents lived in Quebec and my parents always, I was always up there in the winters during Christmas and New Year's and it was great because in Quebec it's freezing cold and there's rinks everywhere. So I always remember playing uh, pond hockey up in Quebec when I was younger and I really think that helped oddly enough with my skating and my, uh, I don't know, maybe my grittiness, playing with like older players when I was really young. and. Uh, I grew up in the Halifax Hawks organization, played there. I was mostly like double A, triple A guy. I was, I was a little skinnier, so I, it took me a little bit to get my confidence with the hitting aspect. So around like band and midget and I hit puberty, all that, I grew a bit and I was able to play at the higher levels. So I uh, ended up playing major midget for the Halifax McDonald's, ended up playing for the Mooseheads for a little bit, played uh, junior A here in Halifax. Um, I also played lacrosse uh, very competitively. I represented Nova Scotia a couple of times over in Europe. Um, here in Halifax a couple national t- excuse me, a couple national tournaments so I've always liked uh, I've always loved the athletic community it's been good to me and I think what I'm doing now with my life and I guess you could say my career I'm, I'm kind of giving back to it and, and, uh, and sharing stories through, through the journey I guess I'm on through, through everything I've gone through the past, I guess I'm 29 but I've probably started playing sports when I was 5 so what's that math So for 25 years yeah. most of your life most right. of my life yeah. yeah
0: no i totally hear you with uh, growing up on the ponds and stuff like that i think it is such a development aspect and you don't even think about it like you're out all night you have to get called in for supper you know uh, just just a different lifestyle you thing. don't even think
1: of it as work it's but it is work. like i remember when mckinnon came on the podcast and he was telling a story about how he had a little pond behind his house and just obsessed he'd be out there all day 24 7 wouldn't think about anything else cold pizza he'd sit on snow banks he'd just hockey 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 and that's it. And he didn't think of it as work. He just thought of it as just out there having some fun. And, you know, a lot of us, we play sports at a young age and do have fun with it um, to a degree. And it does end up benefiting us uh, in the longer run when we become, you know, teenagers and, and young adults. But, um, yeah, the, that, that pond hockey experience when when you're younger, it definitely, it definitely helps. For yeah, sure. I miss those days oh, big time. Too, hey, <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't get many pond days this year. It wasn't that cold. I know. I got right? like a weekend, maybe.
0: It, uh, my husband wants to put a rink in, but we're trying to like, you know, cost benefit analysis. If you get out there, I mean, if it's in your backyard, I guess you'd technically go every day after work if it's just right there, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you get it up?
0: I mean, like we're still planning on it for COVID. We were supposed to go on this like really cool honeymoon. We were going to tour the Southern States in a camper van. Oh yeah. And then covid got in the way of that so we were going to take the money that we got from the wedding to put a rank in (laughs) but then you think about like how much land you have to level and you have to bring in gravel and it adds up quick
1: when when did you get married
0: um august 17th of i guess i no two augusts ago two augusts ago i was gonna
1: say because my buddy was supposed to get married last summer and it got canceled
0: yeah yeah no we this was like the last large party wow yeah we got lucky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we were so lucky. So you know what's hilarious now? I, I have some of the moosters in here for, like, nutrition and stuff like that. And, like, I, I lived in Moncton for a while, so the Wildcats were always hanging out. And, and back then you looked at them as, like, the epitome of, of sport, oh, yeah. especially around there. Obviously, like, not everyone was going to the NHL. So when you think about those athletes, you're thinking about such a high level of sport. Mm. What was that experience like for you?
1: Uh, It was great. I think I I took it was it was unbelievable. Like, do you mean signing with the Mooseheads and Mm -hmm. like doing all that, playing with them? It was yeah, yeah. I played eight games with them, so I wouldn't say I had the total experience. But I think I, oddly enough, like when I was younger, I looked like you just said the Mooseheads were the NHL to me. I looked at it and it was the holy grail. And I think maybe that was a little bit of my problem. I looked at the Mooseheads as a holy grail, and when I was finally on the team, I maybe took it in a little bit too much. I was in awe almost all of the time instead of you know, actually sitting in, okay, you deserve to be here, you belong here, let's work hard, Justin, and in that process. Maybe I was in awe a little bit too much. Um, but with that being said, for the time I was being there, you know, you, you never forget those experiences. You know, you're sitting in the locker room, Bobby Smith calls you up, he goes, hey, Justin, you want to go on a road trip to Quebec, you know, and we're flying on a charter flight to Quebec. Like, that'll never happen again. So there, there's so many experiences with that organization that I'm forever grateful for, Um that, you know, I'll cherish for the rest of my life. And it, to be honest with you, like, playing for that team, even though it was only eight games, it still benefits me in some way. You know, to, just to have that on a resume that you played for the Moose you were in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, it it, it benefits you, especially around this part of uh, the world here in Halifax, saying that you, you've played there. Um, and not to mention the relationships that I made there. there. There's still some guys on that team that I talk to every now and then, Sawyer Hanna, who has Country Liberty out in... Uh, New Brunswick, just a, a great guy to be able to reach out to him. Like, hey, what do you, you know, give me a little bit of advice on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, Martin Furk, who plays for the Los Angeles Kings, we're not buddies by any chance, but he was on the team. I, I don't have any hesitation of reaching out to him. So yeah, there's uh, a, a couple of guys on that team that, you know, I guess I look back on it and I'm just very fortunate to be able to, to be in the same dressing room with those guys for the, the period of time I was there. It was great.
0: Yeah, hockey yeah. brings people together. Oh, no, it's sure.
1: awesome. It's a great time. Do you ever play?
0: Yeah, I played uh, for Dow when I went to Dow.
1: Did you? I oh, was looking at your plaques. I saw Dow. There we go.
0: couple up there. hey.
1: What year did you play?
0: Uh, 20... Oh, gosh. 2010.
1: Uh... Were you in the old rink or new rink? That's my question.
0: Oh, old.
1: Oh, it's with the nice. So the, before they tore it down
0: i think yes with the wooden roof yes
1: unreal that was my favorite rink to play hockey in
0: it was so cool and i lived in risley so like rolled out of bed like the the dormitory right across the street awesome yeah it was sweet and you just basically lived there like off ice on ice that
1: was a great rink for lacrosse oddly enough yeah it was really big so you could separate the guys who had good cardio compared to the people that didn't have good cardio Mm because you just could outrun them and by the time the third period came half the team would be exhausted and the other ha- the other team or the other half that had good cardio would be able just to outrun them because it was so
0: was it olympic size i mean it was it, it was, was huge, it was it freezing. Was
1: huge. <laughs> freezing yeah it was out. but i loved that rank. the smell everything about that old doubt rank i loved yeah
0: i have awesome. some like love hate we had a couple nights i think we got smoked by saint of x one night and came home on the bus just absolutely freezing yeah. and um we had two food options. It was Tim Hortons or McDonald's. You know, just outside of Anaganish where there's yep. a McDonald's and a Timmy's. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you could pick what you wanted. And then when we got back to the ring, Coach was furious at our food choices. So we ended up, like, running stairs all night. And... Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> it, at St. X? No, at oh, Dow at, when we at, got home. Oh, what time did you get home? Like, like one? late. Yeah, I was going
0: to say. Yeah, that, that was sucks. <laughs> It was brutal. So, like, love, hate with it, but, you know, so many good adventures there, too. Funny story. So the head coach right now of the Dow women's team, Troy
1: Ryan, mm-hmm. he was my head coach in junior A, and we had a game in Miramichi, but Miramichi wasn't that good. So, like, we should have pounded them. And I think he was like, oh, you know, if we don't win this game by six goals or whatever it is, you, you, we're running the stairs. So I think we beat them by like four goals or something, and we had to go at the end of the game up in Miramichi, middle of December, January, and run the stairs with half of our gear on. After, great so coach. But I love love Troy if he's listening to this, but he's like, oh man, that was my first. I think that was my first year of junior hockey, and it was a little bit of an introduction to, you know, that side of the game of like motivating players, but. Yeah. I remember those those runs after games weren't fun for sure.
0: Definitely, it was a good learning experience. But like for the food piece, you're like, where did we go wrong? We only had two options, and neither were great. But yeah, yeah either way, <laughs> we'll just put your head down and do it, and the yeah, whole exactly. team does it together, right? Exactly. So, did you play for Churro then?
1: Uh, no, I played for uh, the Halifax uh, Lions. They were based out of the form, and then they switched to Dartmouth, and they we were we were called the Metro Marauders. Okay. Uh, so there's was a little bit of a transition in there. So that was a, a junior A organization. Yeah. And I was there for three years, I believe. Two years in Halifax. one No, four years. Two years Halifax, two years in Dartmouth. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Definitely. Very fortunate to play hockey in Halifax my whole life
0: all your fans up in the stands
1: i wouldn't say fans but
0: <laughs> they knew you
1: they, they knew me yeah it was good to have family and friends you know that was definitely a perk of it all for sure yeah. one of the
0: main things that i hear kind of of like junior a level stuff is that fine divide of trying to get some education while you're playing yeah what was your experience like there for that
1: I wasn't the most academically gifted individual and I'm not saying that that that's most of the guys on that team there's definitely some guys that went to SMU and Dow that really took school serious that you know they went they were in the queue for you know 17 18 19 and that that had that education paid for um and you know they went to SMU and Dow and and really applied themselves but I I, that, that just wasn't really for me the academic route I didn't uh I just I guess I wasn't the best listener. I was very uh, stubborn in my own ways. I thought my ideas were better than everyone else. Um,
0: the entrepreneur coming Exactly.
1: But at the time I don't realize that at the time, you know, I worked part-time at the at Scotiabank and I just thought that was going to be my life forever just working at Scotiabank and you know, you're frustrated because you, you you know, all you're really like when you're playing junior A I think this has changed, by the way. The Junior A League now is is incredible. You can make a a jump to NCAA from Junior A. But back when I played, it was a little bit of a stereotype that, okay, if you're in Junior A, your career is most likely going to be done after. And like I just said, that has completely changed. And when I was a 20-year-old, 19-year-old in Junior A, I kind of knew I wasn't going to be able to make that jump to pro hockey. Maybe a little bit of a a CIA jump, but I don't think my marks were there. Um, But I forget what I was saying. But... Uh, you know the academic route was for sure at the time not the best but it all worked out well knowing that you know when you're done hockey and you can focus on other aspects of life and find out what you're good at, find out what you're bad at find out the relationships that you've made that you can use. Um, that all I guess kind of came full circle a couple years after playing uh, playing junior A but don't get me wrong there's tons of guys that uh, are extremely smart that are coming out of junior hockey and that are, that are doing some really cool things, really cool things.
0: Yeah. It's exciting you know? to see. And, and even kind of what you're saying too, I feel like when we were, it makes us sound old. We're not that old, but um, <laughs> growing up, like we weren't around social media all the time and we weren't around yeah, know. all of this entrepreneurial spirit and being able to like start your own podcast or doing any of these things. So it's so cool to see, you know, the kids coming up now, what they're exposed to and what they have, what they can just start.
1: Yeah. Know? Like Shane Bowers down in the, uh, Oh, yeah. Sorry. on The entrepreneurial side. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I was going into another topic there. But yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, a, uh, there's so many entrepreneurial ventures in the athletic community that, that, that you can venture into. It's, uh, it's great. But one thing I also like that you said about uh, social media is the awareness of other leagues that you can jump to from Junior A mm-hmm. rather than just calling it a night and packing it up and not playing hockey anymore. You know, the, the the NCAA, I got a guy, his name is Andrew Wig. He played Halifax McDonald's with me in uh, Major Midget. Really smart guy. He's a great guy. And he could have played Major Junior for sure. He could have played here, but he had uh, the information, I don't know if it was from his parents or if he had an agent at the time or if he just knew himself, that he goes, okay, no, I'm going to save my junior eligibility, eligibility to go play NCAA hockey. Um, and I feel a lot of those kids now today have that education, you know, even if it is through social media or through Whatever it is, there's just so much more knowledge out there, and so many more leagues out there, and so much more accessibility out there for people to go play in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I wish I had uh, when I was younger. Um, and I always look at Andrew, still a really good friend of mine, of of uh, a great decision by him at the age of nineteen, just to say, nah, I'm not going to go play junior hockey because back in the day, like you know, ten years ten years ago, you played junior hockey in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Mm-hmm. That's a great look. It's a really good look. And he said, no. I'm going to look at my NCAA options, and it was, it was very smart, and I see a lot of kids doing that now.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome, and for girls hockey, too. I Is mean, it? The yeah. world has just opened up big yeah. time. I don't even think I knew that as an option growing up, that you could have played in the States and got paid to play. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a game changer, right? 100%. Yeah.
1: 100%. Definitely.
0: So it's so exciting, and for female hockey, too. Like, I mean, I played with the boys most of the time, and I remember my high school team, there was girls that – just wanted to try it like had never even skated before Mm. whereas you devote your entire life to it and it's it's just such a divide of i mean it's great for everyone to get to play but there was no other leagues to excel or or get better in you know
1: yeah a hundred percent the 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 options out there are just limitless like it's endless so So, many
0: how did you know you were done
1: Uh, i don't think i've ever totally I'll tell, I'll tell you right now. We were, uh, it was my 20-year-old season, maybe two, three games left in the season. Might have been two. Honestly, it might have been the last game ever. Nonetheless, and I remember I was battling in the corner, and it was like a 6-1 game. We were winning. Well, maybe we were losing. No, we were losing. It was like 6-1, maybe 4-1, and I'm battling in the corner, and I remember my compete level just wasn't there. It was odd, you know, my whole life I've played hockey. I've always competed, I've always wanted to win. But it was one of the, I was 20 years old, I knew I was on my last, maybe second last game of junior, and I was battling for the puck, and there was just this little moment in my head where I really didn't care if I got that puck or not. And It was odd, it was weird, it was an experience I'll never forget, and that was the moment I I, uh, I knew. It was kind of sad. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't the reality I was ready to face because as soon as you're done hockey, your identity is kind of taken from you from the age of, I don't know how old I was when I started, but till 20, um, you know, I was the hockey guy, all right? Hockey, hockey, hockey. When that's done, your identity's gone and you got to reinvent yourself. And uh, that was tough for me at the very beginning, but that's how I knew I was done. It was just a battle in the corner. I lost the battle and I didn't care that I lost and that's probably how I knew I was done.
0: Yeah. What a pivotal like shift to know that exact point in time, hey?
1: Oh, it was I remember it vividly. Just in the corner, battling for a puck. And I just yeah, it was a weird, weird, weird feeling. It was just almost being out on the ice, not being in the game. Like it was uh it was like an out of body experience. It was weird, yeah.
0: And then you obviously finished off that season.
1: Yeah, we finished off that season. I don't I don't I forget how we finished, but uh, you know, when it was all said and done. Pack my gear, went home, took a long, hard look in the mirror and just said, all right, let's figure it out the next step.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was that mirror kind of reflection looking like? I know a lot of people that come on this podcast and since it is a lot about like health, wellness and the transition through sport, this is a huge transition point for people when they leave sport or when they have to let things go, whether it be an injury or actually moving out of it. What uh. was your experience like? Uh
1: I I any probably like any nineteen twenty year old that you turn to alcohol and partying and drinking and girls and all that stuff the it kind of hides the pain a little bit you know I see that in some guys now who are nineteen twenty year olds who are going through that transition who you know it's just you know and then it's it's never gonna change that's the way that's college you know that's you drink you you have fun you you do some of the things that you weren't able to do when you were playing hockey so I, I probably leaned on that a little bit. Um, that's what the mirror looked like for a bit, but then you hit a point where you realize that the world's not coming to you. You know, I was extreme, can I put this here? Do you yeah, mind? For sure. I was extremely naive on, uh, I just wanna make sure there's no coffee on the bottom. Uh, you know, you're, I was extremely naive through hockey thinking, because everything comes to you when you play hockey. You know, you know f- food's delivered to you after the game. You know, the, do, do you need anything, Justin? Because you're playing hockey, like things are uh, provided for you. And I leaned on that very heavily. And once those things started to uh, slowly fade away when you're not playing hockey, that's when you kind of have to look yourself in the mirror and go, okay, what are you good at? What do you see yourself doing for the next, I don't know, 30, 40 years? Um, So I guess it was just a lot of self-reflection of of looking in in my own skill set of how can I apply what I'm good at outside of the rank into the rest of my life. Because I remember going, yeah, I remember actually, I'm looking at Mount St. Vincent University I'm behind you there, and I remember going into a class, I think it was, I don't know what class it was, and there was a, a prof in there, and the prof goes, you know, in today's world, the average individual changes their career path three, four, sometimes five times, and I remember this guy saying that, and I was like, no, that's not for me, I don't want to be that's, that was always the worst feeling for me was going to another job, meeting new people and, and learning a new skill in a, in a new environment. I hated that. My mindset from the moment uh, I guess I started High Button Sports was uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to suffer at it for a, a little bit, but I'm going to do it forever because I don't want to ever have that experience of walking into that new lunchroom to figure out this new thing, start at the bottom, work my way up. I was just like That's just not for me. It's just, I'm just going to pick one thing. Look at myself, know what I'm good at, and you know, put my balls on the line and just go for it. That's kind of like the mentality I have when I look into the mirror back, back then, I guess, yeah.
0: And high button was your first move, kind of right after transition out of sport.
1: Uh, no, not really. It was, it was. Uh, I, I tried acting out in Vancouver. I was probably like 22, 23. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. A lot of waiting. <laughs> um, and then. What else did I do? I started like another talk show back in Halifax called The Locals. That was okay, but I could I didn't know how to make money off it, so I didn't I gave that up. But like everything I've always tried was always um, uh, I guess personality based or entertainment based. So it just took me a couple tries to figure out what I could tolerate the longest, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I could tolerate a podcast. You know, I've been doing it for four years. I love talking excuse me, I love talking to people and figuring out stories and, and uh, I guess adventuring into different topics. That's something I can wake up for the next 40 years and, and tolerate and do and, and reply to emails and schedule and, and and work around that. So I think that's, um, I guess that's the, the, the honed skill that I think I'm gifted with is the art of conversation, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Definitely. And aside yeah. from
0: like, all of the connections that you would have got through the sports world. What else about growing up playing sports helps you with what you do now?
1: Oh, everything, adversity, mm-hmm. adversity. Like starting out a business, I, I always make fun of it. You gotta, you can't be afraid to be able to sleep on a friend's couch for a month. You know, you start, you, the amount of adversity that you go through when starting a business is, at least for me, I don't know about other people. I, like when I, there could be people listening to this and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Justin. But for my case, you know, starting a company is the scariest, hardest, uh, most challenging thing that you'll ever do in your entire life, at least in my in my case. Uh,
0: inexpensive. It,
1: very expensive. But that's a great thing about surrounding yourself with people that are very um, resourceful. Starting a business, you have to be resourceful. You can't be going out there spending tons of money. You can't have a lot of overhead. You're going to have average equipment. You're going to uh, you're just going to have to you're going to have to make a penny stretch, essentially. Um, and you have to think. You know, there's a lot of doubt that creeps in when starting of a company. Your parents aren't. Maybe your parents believe in you, but not like you know, who? If I went to you four years ago and go, you know, look, I'm going to start a company. The uh, we're going to be live streaming. We're we're going to profit this much in the next couple of years. We're going to have Nathan McKinnon on the podcast. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's it's kind of just hard to believe someone at the time. So when you tell people things about your company and then the reception back is, okay, well, good luck, I don't, yeah, yeah see, yeah, okay. It's really hard to to have faith in yourself and, and believe in yourself and, and push forward in order to make that company uh, come to life. So through sports, I remember times where, you know, I'm, you know, I remember an example, I was playing junior A, I was the top scorer on the team, but I was playing like shit. I swear? And uh, and I remember I I was put on the fourth line, and we're up in Miramichi, actually. And I remember just thinking, my coach, he was so mad at me. I was playing terrible. I was the leading scorer. I should have been uh, an example on the ice, and I wasn't. I don't know what was wrong with me. And I just remember going into that game thinking, I have to be a difference maker. And what did I have to do? I had to fight. You know, I'm not a fighter. I don't like to do this stuff, but I have to show uh, my teammates, my coaching staff, that I care, I'm here, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. So you know, even though I don't want to fight, I'm going to fight just to show people that I care. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with my business now. The, 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 we have a lot of high school interns, I guess, that work with us, and a couple other guys who are on paid salary. And every day when they come into the office, I don't like to think of me being their boss or anything like that. I like to think of me being a leader and, and, and leading by example and doing the, the little things that matter and to inspire them. You know, if I ask you to go do a street interview right now and go interview people on Spring Garden Road and ask questions about Don Cherry being fired, that's kind of an awkward thing to do. But I'll never ask you to do something that I haven't done myself. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I do every little thing within the business before I ask someone else to do it. One, it creates great leadership ability to show, okay, look, I've done it before. All you got to do is this. All you have to say is this. All you have to do is edit it like this. And then all you have to do is distribute it like this. So I, I, I take pride in the, the little things within the business that, allow me to lead i hate the word manage that allow me to lead and make the company grow and that all comes all comes from sports you know getting yelled at by your coach getting yelled at by people uh, in front of your teammates Uh, so some of the lessons i've learned through sports you'll you'll never be able to learn through school yeah maybe school you you know you might have you might i don't know maybe you get bullied and got to stick up for yourself or something like that but there's just things about sports about I don't know, just trying to get better in a team sense mm-hmm. that are just, I don't know, un, unmatchable in any aspect of life. Not not even business, not school. I don't know. I don't have to preach to you. You played hockey. You know exactly what I mean. I 100% know, you know what exactly I mean. It's, what you it's, mean. it's, it's, it's a special, <laughs> sacred thing. Yeah, really I agree. Really cool. Yeah. And
0: I like that you brought it kind of full circle with all of that. Like there's, there's so many skills and there's so many things that you know, kids need to learn, I would say from your experience. So you've been watching hockey basically, or playing your entire life. Have you seen the game change in that respect, in your opinion, over time in terms of, you know, some sports are taking away goals and some sports are taking away competitiveness. What are your thoughts there?
1: Do I think about the game of hockey being changed?
0: Not so much hockey. I, I guess I would see it like some other sports where, you know, in the younger leagues, they're not really allowing for competitiveness which in my opinion like was one of the main things that i've learned to be good at a human growing up you yeah know what I
1: mean? yeah i know what you mean there's a yeah i know kind of what you mean there's a there's a quality in a person how do i explain this there's something about a person that if i ever talk to and they have a little bit of a like an attitude where not cocky, but extremely confident that I kind of love if they can back it up. And that comes back to the competitive nature. If there's a guy on the ice who's a little bit of a dick, but he'll do anything for your team to compete and win. I, I love that. You know, I remember there was, um, and, you know, the, I, I, and that's something, I think, within the game that's uh, kind of slowly being taken out. We had Trevor Steinberg. You know Trevor Steinberg? He's the coach for St. Mary's men's hockey team. Yeah. And he had a great uh, conversation with me on the podcast about um, the type of player that he looks for and how that type of player is slowly leaving today's game or maybe in any sport. I, all I really know is hockey. Um, and, it, you know, it's just that that compete level and that not-given-a-fuck attitude. It's, it's the person that just will go out and they don't care if you think that you're wrong. They'll do whatever it takes to win. There was a a hit the other day by Tanev on Pittsburgh. You see that hit? No, I didn't. I think it was yesterday, and he hit the guy from Boston. And it, I don't want to say it was a greasy hit, but Tanev hit the guy. It was it was clean. I thought the way he landed into the boards, you know, it was a, maybe an unsafe hit. But for the most part, I thought the way he hit him was clean, and he ran this guy through the boards. And maybe when Tanev was hitting this guy, he knew that there might be consequences. But I think in his head he thought I don't give a fuck I'm gonna hit this guy and I'm gonna do the best uh, the best job I can to create momentum for my team no matter the consequences he might be suspended for four or five games um I don't really know what's gonna happen but the attitude of going through with something to to, to make sure that your team wins I think is maybe a little bit of a dying a dying breed and and maybe in all facets of life, you know, as humans, I think we're getting a little bit soft, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just, you know, that's just not for me.
0: Yeah, that's kind of exactly kind of what I was hitting on there, too. Yeah. Just the softness that you start to see coming up and a lot of individualization and lack of teamwork and stuff like that and things being, you know, expected to be handed to you a little bit more. And- yeah kind of like what you're doing for the entrepreneurship piece of things. Like you, as you said, everything, nothing is handed to you. You have to go out and get everything. You have to ask for every interview. You have to, you know, step up time and time yeah. again. And even after you proved yourself, like it doesn't, it doesn't really change things so much. You still have to put yourself out there every single day. I would like
1: say you don't, don't ask, take, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's given to you. You got to take it. I hate like, you know, whenever I remember like at the very beginning, when we looked for advertising for the podcast, And I just used to be so polite and people would just be like, no, I'm sorry, we can't give you this $2,000 right now. And I'd be like, okay, no worries, it's okay, next time. We'll see you later. Just not try to piss anyone off. Mm -hmm. And That kind of has to change of where you have to say, okay, you can't give me the $2,000 right now, why not? Why are you giving $2,000 to this billboard company that you're going to get mentioned for maybe a month where you give me this $2,000 and I'm going to give you this amount of advertising? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double your, uh, uh, your, your awareness within the city rather than that billboard. Just don't take no for an answer and just be like, okay, I'm sorry, and just go in the corner and kind of walk away. Mm-hmm. Don't take that shit from anyone. Just be like, no, look, you're saying no now. I understand that this is what I'm going to do for you. This is how I'm going to make it up to you. And this is how you're going to succeed in the business by you giving me your advertising dollars. Mm-hmm. So don't just say no and walk away. Like just take it, just absolutely take it, show that confidence. Yeah. And, in uh, that, that's been working for me the past couple of years, but that's another lesson through business that you're just going to learn. Yeah. You're going to learn that through, uh, through the growth of your company. And that's definitely one of the lessons you, you get. You got to believe in your product for sure.
0: Did you do any like business training or did you just go out on your own?
1: No, I didn't do any business training. I,
0: no, no, Which is almost better, honestly. Like I have a whole commerce degree and I did um, three work terms with it and like understood business after three work terms. But in the actual, I mean, like accounting is obviously good to know and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> yeah, <big laughs> probably time. would have been helpful or saved yeah. a couple of steps along the way. But you just figure it out as you go, right? The more... Adventures you put yourself in or oh, yeah. sticky situations. You just keep growing. Hey,
1: a hundred percent That's the same thing with sport more situations You put yourself the more championship games game sevens You've played in mm-hmm. the better you're gonna be in those game seven situations the more you're in So every time I'm in a situation that's uh, a little bit difficult. I know that I've been in that situation at least 20 times So I'm calm relaxed I know how to assess myself at least in in high button sports and almost every facet of the company. I'm, I'm calm and I know how to uh, to handle things, I guess. Perfect example, yesterday we're live streaming out in BMO, rink A, Wi-Fi's terrible. I can't go up on the stands because that's where the parents are and they don't want me up there because parents yell at the kids and that gets picked up on the audio. So last second audible, I have to find another corner within the rink where there's no parents for me to live stream. You panic for a sec, you look around, you go, okay Justin, where can you stream from? that you'll pick up a good enough single so the stream doesn't suck and the audio won't be picked up by the parent. It's pretty hard to do. (laughs) But we've been in that situation so many times. I know to get three chairs, put each chair in the corner so the tripod, because a tripod, there's three arms. So one, two, three, three arms go on the tripod, get a fourth chair. I stand up on the fourth chair. So it's like I'm almost up on a lift. So I'm above the glass and I'm able to get a good enough single. I'm high enough, a signal. And you know, it's just it's situations like that that you have to stay calm in in every single uh, every excuse me situation that allows the company to to grow. Because you know, I'm making money yesterday live streaming, and if I don't do that live stream, that's money out of my pocket, and the company's I'm not saying we're done, but that's not good. Yeah. So it, it's about being in situations, being comfortable in every situation, and growing from every situation, and then eventually training those situations to other people so I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, that's you know? the goal. Hey? Yeah, exactly.
0: What about for hockey, were you that type of player? Like, yep, yeah, put me in coach, I'll deal with any situation? Or is this just like a learned behavior over time?
1: No, I wasn't, honestly, I, I don't think I was that player. I uh, I regret that a lot to this day. I, I wasn't that guy that would do anything to to, to win. I, was, I, I don't wanna say I was a selfish player, but I, I thought of myself a little bit too much more rather than the team success. Um, I thought about points too much. I thought about other aspects of the game too much that didn't really matter. Scouts and, like I said, putting up points. I, I wish uh, I wasn't that kind of player, mm-hmm. but that's that's life. You know, you you gotta roll with the punches. You gotta you gotta learn from mistakes in life, and you gotta keep on pushing forward. So I wouldn't say I was that type of player, but I tell you what, I, I surround myself with individuals like that now that will do anything to win. Yeah, you know, I I love being around people that uh, will do anything. For a team, and that will do anything for a business, and um, I, I surround myself with with loyal people, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's you have to, especially yeah. if you're going out on your own and just trying to build something. Right, you need that foundation around you.
1: A hundred percent, and it gives you a little bit of peace of mind, knowing mm-hmm. you know, okay, you you have this little you know thing happening on the side. And it could benefit a lot of people, but you don't want to bring that person into it. That's just going to benefit it, then bounce and go to another project next week.
0: Yeah. You know or what I mean? Take all your work and 100%. keep with it, Yeah.
1: So, cause there's a lot of opportunities that we have right now that can benefit a lot of people. And mm-hmm. my email is full of people. Hey, Justin, can I help with this? Can I help with your website? Can I help with, everyone wants to help, but are you going to be here a year from now yeah. when, you know, I'm in Cape Breton, I don't know stuck in a snowstorm and I need you to come maybe pick me up and I'm not saying that's a situation but I'm just saying you need to be there during the tough times mm-hmm. I had a good friend Quake Matthews he's a rapper he's from here and he's like you know I don't bring anyone around that's not at sound check with me in the morning at 9 a.m. they're not going to be at the show with me you mm-hmm. know he's like you got to be there during the tough times in order to be there during the great times so you got to make sure that you the circle you surround yourself with is uh, is the right circle
0: so true yeah what about like do you listen to some of your early recordings do you ever go back to
1: no I can't
0: do you listen to any of your recordings
1: no too cringeworthy
0: (laughs) I'm the same way can't do it every little creak of your voice that's off it just feels so wrong uh, I
1: can't do it I should do it so I I maybe like the clips like I watched the, the video clips but like the whole thing now I don't know. I should. Eh, I don't know.
0: I always think about that too. Like maybe I could learn something or change something or, you know, n- stop saying um so much. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: do that. I, I interrupt a lot, I find. I'm, I'm terrible with that. I do say um. um, um <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely some points that I, I wish I could fix, but.
0: You keep working at
1: them. Yeah, keep working at them. It seems to be working out so far. People seem to like it, so I'm not going to stop doing it.
0: Do you have a favorite episode that you recorded? hmm there's probably a few hey
1: yeah a few I'm trying to think here the Carruthers brothers there's a uh, the Cruthers brothers they one guy plays for saint john sea dogs the other guy plays junior a in Fredericton. just two just raised in the right family just two young guys that are you know lovable they they laugh they you know they don't, they don't care about the the persona of being a hockey player they're just two joyful young men that that love playing hockey and uh that, that was a great episode that was in the summer um, I love those guys
0: what kind of stuff did you guys go over uh
1: honestly there wasn't even hockey stuff it was just it was uh like personal stuff brothers fighting growing up and not in the in the driveway fighting blood you know yelling at mom because you know dinner's not ready just stuff like that I love talking to athletes but not about sports mm. I loved it's almost like comedians and cars getting coffee that Jerry Seinfeld loves talking to comedians, but not really about comedy, just about things that surround comedy. The same thing with me and athletes. I love talking to the best athletes in the world, but not really about sport, just about everyday life and, mm-hmm. and what goes through their day-to-day situations that allow them to be, uh, you know, an athlete. Because a lot of athletes, they when they're, when they're home and they're resting, they don't like to think about sports because it consumes so much of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys just... You know, they like to goof around, be themselves, have fun, and I think those are where the juicy stories are, and that's where I, uh, that's where that's what I like to to get out of the podcast or get out of the podcast guests that I have on. It's it's fun to me.
0: Definitely. What's your kind of goal with the podcast, or like, who are you always trying to like? Who's your target market? Eh.
1: I get well the target. Like the, the, our audience is 75% male, 25% female, ages 18 to 35. One of those websites gave that to me. <laughs> and I guess that's good. But I don't, I don't really, I, yeah, I don't know.
0: You just enjoy doing
1: it. Yeah. I, I just enjoy doing it. And whoever, whoever likes it, whoever listens, listens. I don't, I'm not really trying to target anyone. I, you know, we had an entrepreneur on today that owns a, um, like a pre packaged, pre packaged food company, Saute. And, uh, you know, Will. Th- Will, you know, Will, yeah. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a great episode. He didn't really talk about sports at all. We just talked about the, the, the entrepreneurial side of, of starting a business and, and the hustle that goes into it. And I love that. And I think that a lot of people that are sports fans that listen to my podcast, appreciate those episodes. It's a little sprinkle in there of something different rather than sports, 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 sports. It's mm-hmm. a little, you know, you got to diversify every now and then.
0: Yeah, definitely. Man. I think somewhat similar to this one, obviously asking the sports career, but um, you know, wake to sleep how does an athlete optimize their day-to-day function or what do they eat or what do they yeah you know how do they sleep and stuff like that so it's it's always interesting and like what can you take from that and apply to your own life to make it a little bit better too right
1: that's a big key taking things from other people's situation and then applying them to your own i love that the the, the, these podcasts are big learning experiences for myself i'm sure for you as well Mm -hmm. there's so many other people in this world that are going through so many other different experiences than you and i and you can learn from each and every one of those people it's uh it's a very powerful thing, these podcasts that we're doing. One, it connects you to an audience that you wouldn't be able to connect. No, like I'm sure you have people in here and you work on them and you do what you do, but are you building that personal relationship with them? Maybe, maybe you are, maybe not. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee the people that are listening to this podcast with you and getting to know who you are as a person you're going to be able to connect to those people for the next 20, 30, however long you do this podcast. And I think that's a very powerful thing. Um, You know, an example of someone who's on, you know, the news, you know, yeah, sure. You're on the news every day. People are seeing your face, but are they really connecting to the person on the news or are they connecting to the brand? Not to throw CTV or global under the bus. Mm -hmm. Are they connecting to CTV or global? You know, this podcast, this is you unfiltered. This is you, who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's extremely, extremely under, undervalued. Yeah. Extremely.
0: And you never know, like, what gems are going to come or what hits with people too, right? Like, you'll yeah. have a conversation about, yeah, like, the buddies that you are interviewing, the most random stuff, and people will take that um, and have a memory with it or have, like, a good day because of it. Or, oh, absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Man, and I, I love it. Some of the guys on here, like, I had Connor Carrick from The Devils, okay. and he was talking about like the fanciest stuff, like all of the um, biohacking stuff that he has. And and it's cool that he can have that stuff and afford all that stuff. But then he really talked about like, you know, getting his sleep routine pretty down. And, and people, when they hear athletes say it, or if they hear um, people who have seemed to have made it say these things, I think it like hits home a little bit more. You definitely,
1: know? definitely. Yeah. Guys of influence like him, for mm-hmm. sure, when they give a little bit of insight to the to the knowledge that they have, like you just said on their sleep or their diet or... I know he's big on coffee. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's definitely things that people can take and and uh, and, and apply to their own life. That's why the, there's a lot of influence in this podcast game for sure. Because if you can sit someone down for an hour and listen to a conversation, and it could be about a you know a, a certain Kleenex that you like rather than another brand. There's a, a guy like Connor Carrick talking about a certain something in his life that allows him to be a professional athlete. Oh man, that can that can go. That can go far.
0: It sure can. Absolutely. What about you? Anything like big learning opportunities that you've had on the podcast, or anyone that you, even revolutionary stuff? Like, have you ever heard something you're like, "Whoa"? Um.
1: I don't know about on the podcast, but it, it the the biggest thing I learned from. The biggest thing I learned from like just high button sports and like business or entrepreneurship is, is uh it's just patience. It's just like you'll make it if you just keep doing it and you don't quit. I don't know if I've learned that from anyone, but there's just I, I like to listen to successful people and what their their tips are. And the biggest secret to success is just not quitting, really. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it I don't really know if I've learned that from uh I can't tell you like a certain person, but if there's one little bit of advice I would give, it's the advice that was given to me. It's just, if you're doing something, don't quit. Like you just mentioned earlier, do you ever listen to like your, your early podcast and that sort of stuff? It's like, no, I don't, but I'm very proud of the fact that I have 300 and I think 15 episodes right now. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of the fact that I started this in 2017 and I'm still doing it. I'm very proud of the fact that I've been able to accomplish certain things in, in this amount of time. And, that's the, the, the biggest lesson I, I take from anyone else that's, uh, I guess in a, in a higher stature of myself is just don't quit, keep going. Don't listen to anyone. Only listen to yourself. Enjoy the process. Enjoying the process is big Yeah. and, um, just keep going, keep pushing. Don't quit.
0: Yeah. And I think that's pretty wild. And I think when we, I mean like congratulations on that many episodes too, cause You know, I've done, like, 20-some, and it's exhausting. You know what I mean? You got it. 20, that's good. Yeah. It's so so much work, and I hope, like, everyone appreciates kind of the work that you put into it, too, because... It's so much time. It's so much booking. It's so much, you know, re-recording and cutting stuff out. And, and obviously the, the conversation is the ball usually, but yeah. there's so much work that goes into it on either side of it, hey?
1: So much work. But that's what I say, like, do what's most tolerable for you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sitting down for an hour and having a conversation is probably the easy... I could sit down with a homeless guy on Spring Garden Road and talk to him for three hours. Mm-hmm. It just comes to me naturally. Yeah. So anyone that's listening to this, hone in on that skill that comes to you the most naturally. I don't. It doesn't matter what it is. Just hone in on it and do it hopefully for the rest of your life and eventually you'll make money at it.
0: Kind of one of my next lead up questions to you is just something you just hinted on was, you know, the help that you can give with this podcast or the the education opportunities. What are you thinking on that front?
1: Yeah, I just, uh, when I started the company, I thought it was going to be all about sports. And it is all about sports. I love high-button sports. I love talking about local sports. I love talking about national sports and everything. But the the you know we're getting a lot of emails from high school guidance counselors saying, hey, my, my student would like to co-op at high-button sports. And the amount of emails I get, it, it blows my mind of how many people want to come work for us. And like I said, I think of myself in grade 10, 11, 12, of not really knowing what to do and not really having a mentor and, and not knowing a, a direction in life. it you know, I the more this company moves on, the more I want to motivate, the more I want to help, the more I want to lift other people up to, to succeed. And I didn't think that was a huge passion of mine when I first started this. I my, my, my biggest goal was getting podcast guests and talking to some cool people. But the further we go into this and the, the, the amount of people that I'm talking to, the cool things we're doing, the, the relationships I'm making. It's uh, it's slowly just becoming on on, uh, it's slowly being shaped around helping other people. And I truly enjoy it. Like I truly enjoy helping other people. It's we like just before here, like we went to Tim Hortons I paid for the guy's thing behind me, this meal. Like it makes me feel good helping other people. And I didn't think about that for a good majority of my life, I was very selfish, almost in the way I played hockey a little bit, unfortunately. It was all about myself. Mm-hmm. And the the more you go through life and and understand that helping others is the best feeling in the world, um, I'm kind of addicted to that feeling. So I, I got to figure out right now how I can help more people. And yeah. if that's through my podcast, if that's through mentorship, if that's through public speaking, whatever it is, I got I to gotta figure out a way to do that.
0: When you think of like helping people, is it literally anyone or is it that kid that might, you know, have a same similar path as you of, of not 100%, you know, doing the sc- school route? and
1: No, it's 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 more of people that have a skill set but don't know how to apply it, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe they don't have the confidence to apply it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have a great skill set, whether it's, you know landscaping paving um you know starting a coffee brand making muffins whatever it is there's so many people out there that have so many amazing skill sets but they just don't know how to apply it and know how to turn it into a business and i feel like the things that i've done in the past five years i can help people do that because it's not that hard to become an entrepreneur you got a squarespace website an instagram account an iphone you're an entrepreneur and the key to it like I said earlier, is just not giving up, staying with it and making sure that eventually you're making a profit so you can keep doing it. But I just feel like the 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 things that I've learned over these past five years, I can help a lot of people. And, you know, when I think of, like I said, myself in grade 10, 11, 12, that's the most, uh, I get not toughest time of my life, but the time where you have a lot of questions of who you are as a person, what you're going to do in the future. Um, how are you gonna make money? How are you gonna do certain things and I, I I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm saying that I think I've gained enough knowledge to to help some of these these people yeah yeah
0: when you talk to those kids of that age group, um what are the biggest things that you're trying to like convey to them or, or what do you feel like what skill set could you pass down that they really are lacking or could really benefit from?
1: Well, I guess first of all, I need to know what their their skill set is they if if you have a certain skill set that you're willing to work hard at and and apply yourself to, you, you know you, you can turn it into a business. So I I guess like the the biggest thing is just patience. I know it's hard. Like yeah, it's so easy. I can teach patience. Just keep doing it. Don't give up. Have fun. By in five years you'll be able to have a business out of it. But I just feel the the people skills that I have with. I guess connecting with someone else in order for them to help you with your business. I, I'm really good at that. I'd, I'd like to think every time I'm in a rink and you know I, I talk to a parent or you know I, I see a business opportunity. Oddly enough, like I'm very aware of my surroundings whenever I walk into a place that's uh, of a social setting, mm-hmm. um, and I just feel like in some sense I can help people in that way, even if it is a high school student, a university student. You know, a good example of this is we have a, an intern right now, or not intern, he's a full-paid full employee. And um, when we first had him into the company, we did a lot of live streaming inside of these rinks, and he would come to me and be like, okay, Justin, we need this, this, this set up in the rink in order to, to film. I'm going to go ask the boss in the rink. And I was like, no, listen, Mark, you don't have to ask anyone for anything within the rink because there's going to be so many rules. There's so, going to gonna be so many no's. The more you ask, the more you're going to get turned down. Just do it and wait for someone to be like, listen, I don't know if you're allowed to do this. I know that might be it sounds wrong when you're hearing it out of my voice right now. But the more you ask for other people's permission in order to do something, you're not going to be able to do things, I guess, fully to how you want to do it. So, you know, every time I'm in a rink, I'm I'm, I'm always, uh, I I guess, you know, looking around, making sure, you know, what's another example? You know the relationships I make with Zamboni drivers right now. You know that's that's work. You know setting up a a router in BMO that's strictly mine. You know no one can do that. Mm -hmm. But you know I I built relationships with these Zamboni drivers to make sure when I walk in I got their numbers. Hey Chad, I'm gonna be in rink B today. Do you mind if I just set up a couple chairs, a couple tables here? Make sure everything's good to go. And then the next thing you know, Bedford Minor Hockey Association's calling me saying, Hey Justin, I heard you were talking to the Zamboni driver about setting up uh, a router. I was wondering. You know, what are you doing with the router? How do you, what are you doing that? Can you live stream these games for me? Okay, well, we have 34 competitive teams that each have 70 games. Can we do those games? And you add those numbers up, that's big numbers. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's little things that, you know, to the, to the uh, un-entrepreneurial mind that, excuse me, you might think, oh, he's just doing that because he needs like a good signal for Wi-Fi in order to stream. But no, 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 it's deeper than that. In my mind, I'm setting little seeds around everywhere I go in order to get that call back a week later. Hey, Justin from High Button Sports, yeah, I saw that you were doing this last week. What what were you doing there? You're you're building interest around your brand in order to build relationships. And then once you build those relationships, you're able to build business opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I feel that I can help kids and help people that have a skill set uh, develop those relationships and develop those business opportunities in the future, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be live streaming. It doesn't have to be podcast. Just, I need to know a little bit about your, your, your business and and your skill set, And I can definitely help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that pushing the boundaries, pushing the limits a little bit, see what's possible. Yeah,
1: exactly. You just, like I said, can't take no for an answer. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta push a little further.
0: For sure. Yeah. In the game of hockey and kind of like you get next to the parents, you get next to the kids, you get to see everything from X, Y, and Z. Mm. What have you seen that has changed since you've played hockey? Is there anything that's outright different
1: from like minor hockey associations, or do you mean from? Yeah, like,
0: just kind of in general. Like, I mean, I know our parents would yell from the stands too, but no, do you that's see still like,
1: the same. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really see a too much change in the in the in hockey from the outside looking in. Hockey parents are still the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, coaches are still the way they are you know obviously coaches can't yell at the kids as much back when we were younger you could you could <laughs> yell anything. any you could yell anything to me and it'd be all right can't do that now but no, no not too much you know i got i got a couple of buddies that coach in hockey and they say it's a little difficult with the the emails a lot of emails about their kids and maybe a little overprotective but i don't want to shit on the game and what goes on in the political side of minor hockey because i'm not involved in it mm-hmm. whoever is involved in it and in that coaching side and mentoring side that's them that has nothing to do with me so yeah. yeah i can't really talk on that aspect of it
0: yeah. yeah so for being like an entrepreneur and being you know so busy and taking on all of these new adventures and kind of learning from guests and learning from different experiences is there like a habitual process that you do on a daily basis that keeps you on your game Hmm.
1: Not really. You just show up every day. You know, you got to put in the like, I have my studios in the basement of my house, which I'm very grateful for. Just just even if I go down there, I don't I don't work. I just I'm in there. I'm on my computer. You just you have to put yourself in the environment that makes you uncomfortable. That will allow you to grow. You know, my basement's cold the most comfortable studio it's great gets the job done
0: didn't you have a leak recently yeah well? we had a
1: leak you know what i mean like it's not like i look in this place i'm like oh, i want to be in here this is awesome <laughs> you can come record anytime. No, I, I appreciate it <laughs> but uh you just gotta show up every day even the days you don't want to like tomorrow we don't really have like i'm just getting ready for cape breton on friday tomorrow's thursday we don't have a ton going on tomorrow but i'm still going to be in the office just in case something pops up you know i'm still going to be putting in the work of maybe writing an article or something it's just you know, it's not the most productive day tomorrow, but I'm still gonna be in the studio doing something. I'll figure it out. So I think that's the biggest daily thing. It's just you gotta show up. Just okay. show up. That's
0: it. What about like self care habits? Do you eat well? Do you sleep well? Do you
1: I'll admit that's one thing I do need to work on. It's eating? uh eating and uh I'm a pretty good sleeper. I I get like nine hours like I I go to bed at like nine, ten. But I got to eat better for sure. In the morning, I don't have breakfast. I just have my coffee and I'll take like a fish oil. I'll do, um, you know, maybe a banana. But I find when I'm full, I don't, I'm, I'm I, I sink in my chair. You know, when I wake up, I got an empty stomach and I just get a coffee in me. I find I'm, I'm up, I'm ready, I'm uh, alert, whatever goes on. You know, I'm on Twitter looking, you know, Twitter's big in the morning. That's my newspaper. I'm looking to see what's going on in the world of sport. Um, but it's one thing i do need to work on is uh my diet and my exercise i'm a big runner but i only run in the summer so it's too cold during the it's winter freezing, here but i love running i live by the rotary yeah. i'll get up run to the rotary come back crush a, a green smoothie but this is only in the summer in the winter i'm a, like a bear i hibernate i don't do anything yeah <laughs> well i, I mean like get it better
0: fasting is kind of the way to go for mental clarity first thing in the morning and it works pretty well for guys for girls we have different hunger cues so mm. it kind of messes with us and our hormones a little bit more but The only thing that I ever think of or suggest, especially would be like a blood sugar crash. Like, do you ever feel like you fade out in the afternoon or?
1: Yeah. One o'clock, two o'clock. Yeah. That's when I'm like irking for a sandwich or.
0: Need a little something, hey?
1: Need a little something.
0: Yeah. There's two thoughts on that, like a blood sugar type of deal. So anytime, say you just had a banana, your blood sugar is going to kind of shoot up and then come back down. Mm. And that come down is usually like. Where you feel a little bit mentally fatigued, where you just need like something else to bring your blood sugars back up. Mm -hmm. And it's not low blood sugar, but it's low blood sugar for you throughout Mm. the day. You know what I mean? Mm. So if you had like a little bit more balanced meals, you might be able to get through the day a little bit easier. Okay. Or strictly fast. Nothing in your system. You could do the black coffee, but like nothing else. Till when? Till. If you crashed at two, when would you normally eat? like a lunchtime
1: no i'd I'd have like a sandwich at two and then i'd probably have dinner at like seven Mm
0: -hmm. and banana before the sandwich
1: yeah but rarely i have a banana like most most morning it's it's just coffee Mm -hmm. and i'm down in the studio drinking my coffee yeah
0: so maybe like something a little bit earlier a lunchtime thing to pick you up to get you to supper time yeah maybe Mm
1: -hmm. i gotta that's the thing though i I gotta i gotta find a healthier lunch high protein high fat yeah. Minimal carbs. See, my thing is bread. I love you bread. Love bread. Love bread. Loves bread. <laughs> I gotta get off the bread. Yeah. But that's the thing. Oddly enough, like with the summer, my 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 fridge is full of greens. Mm-hmm. I'm a big smoothie guy. But in the in the in the winter, I hate smoothies because they're cold, mm-hmm. and I'm already cold. Yeah. But in the summer, summer I'm taking cold showers every day. Mm-hmm. Smoothies every day. But yeah. It's just the winter. I gotta figure it out.
0: Do you get that crash in the summertime too?
1: I don't. It's the sun.
0: There's something there, right? Yeah.
1: There is something there. You're yeah. right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Vitamins? Do you take any vitamins?
1: Just the uh, omega three. Yeah, fish oils. Yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. Vitamin D? If I'm feeling sick.
0: Yeah. yeah. That might be one to add into, especially if you're a summer baby.
1: My brother has this thing where, he, like, they these the company sends him pills Monday to Friday, and they're like already prepackaged, and there's like four pills per day based on his needs as a human being yeah and he's like it's only like 16 bucks a month I'm like what are you talking about that's, that's crazy man yeah so I don't know I gotta I gotta look into that or something because the, the, the we actually just landed a an advertisement deal with a company that allows people to get their prescription medicine at a at a discount rate because people are having trouble affording their their prescriptions right now because of the layoffs and everything that's happening right now. So I'm excited to, they actually just sent me an email before I got here, about the ad reads and things they want me to promote. So I'm excited to, to go into that. Yeah,
0: That is so awesome just to give some people a break and stuff. And I always think like the entrepreneur, like I have so many people sit in that chair, so many people that I'll do, you know, presentations for who are those entrepreneurs. And it's just, they have the crashes. We've been told for so long that, you know, five hours of sleep is optimal because you get more productivity done throughout the day and mm. really when we look at it for performance management perspective like we're missing out on so much there mm. yeah so, so it's, sleep
1: is underrated is what you're saying heck yes
0: and yeah. food too like everyone does what you do just bypass food all day and then we'll have you know a quick something in between x y and z and it usually has to be usually it ends up being high carb because it's convenience foods yeah and then they get a crash and then you know they go to the gym fasted so it's kind of stressing that system out again and mm-hmm. yeah it's just so interesting how you're trying to optimize that peak performance and we usually do all of the things that are going to detriment us the most you know yeah
1: and then first thing in the morning i'll do the things i don't want to do the most like emails mm-hmm. like i'll wake up not even shower like i'll brush my teeth, shirt sure. put on the clothes i was wearing the night before that are on the floor this is probably like 7 a.m <laughs> make my coffee i'm down in the studio by 7 15. And then I'll work till, unless I have a pod, if I have a podcast, they're usually at 11. So if I have a podcast at 11, I'll shower, get ready. But if I don't, and I know I just have to grind through editing or emails or just other sorts of work, yeah, I'll just go down stinking gear or put my clothes on, coffee, work till 12, one, go upstairs, shower, have that sandwich you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and then go back down and just try to do something. But it's that 12 o'clock, I got to figure out how to get back up again
0: yeah definitely and then throughout the day when you are editing and stuff in the morning time do you move at all or do you just sit at the desk and i
1: nah, just sit yeah
0: yeah so there's a couple things that you totally do to like you know every half an hour just get up and take like i don't know a couple squats or something like that get okay. some blood flow to the brain and okay. yeah turn into new nutrition sash here but no that's... no i love it i love
1: this if i had a, I had a bad <sighs> what's the pain that goes to your lower back down your hip to your calf
0: like sciatica Sci- i had
1: exactly I fucking mm-hmm. i had sciatica <laughs> And I have these like Ikea chairs, they were like 30 bucks, they look great, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you it's the chairs. I'm sitting in this chair and one day I get a little pain, I'm like, all right, it's nothing. Another little little pain, "Ah, it's nothing. A month later, can't get out of bed. Can't get out of bed, I'm not joking. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it was the chair. So recently, I'm still in the chair, unfortunately. I feel stretching helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at chairs on how to help uh, back support. But they're all like 1500 bucks. these chairs.
0: These wow. gamer chairs, too? Have yeah, you seen some of those? oh, yeah. man.
1: The chair game is yeah. big right now. It's huge. But that's one thing I'm looking at right now is chairs on, on how to help my back support. Because I'm just, you know, I'm like this all day. It's not yeah. good.
0: I would say movement, too. Like, despite the chair that you're in, obviously, there's some that are better than others. But if that... The muscles, kind of in the in your butt, essentially get super super tight. They can aggravate that nerve too. So yeah. Yeah, there's so many things that you can do on that front, but um, it's this sitting, the constant sitting that we all do. Because we have that same headspace. Like if I sit here for five hours, I can just bang out so much work. Yeah. But if we really think about, like in a productivity sense, probably two hours of work you can solidly put out good content, mm. and the rest is. Maybe answering emails and stuff like that. Um, But if we broke that up a little bit more, so we did like an hour of emails and then switch to content creation. But in between those did like a quick movement pattern. Okay. Then you get some blood flow of the brain. You're kind of good to go again.
1: Yeah. I have a stationary bike in the studio and a bench press and and a weights. So I got a little gym down there.
0: Yeah. Throw right. that in the mix. Yeah,
1: but I always do that's the thing. If I'm going to get on a stationary bike, it's like it's tough for me just to go on five minutes and move. You know, like I yeah. don't think that's beneficial. It's like if I'm going on the bike, I'm going on the bike. Yeah, you know what I mean. So get sweat on. exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah you got to change your headspace a little bit about that. Okay. To okay. To have like a little bit more movement throughout the day, a little bit more, because like. It's the same as me sitting at this desk. If I sit here for eight hours and just talk to patients all day, I can't go bang out a gym workout and like negate the eight hours that I just sat here. Yeah. You know, it has to be a little bit more interspersed throughout the day. And like one of the main things that I talk about with a lot of entrepreneurs too, is most of us will like, sit in a fight or flight response all day, just be like stressed out and try to get max productivity all day long. 100%. And then we'll do like a little breath work in the evening time or something like that or meditation or try to like calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. I believe it works the same way where you can't live in that stress response all day and then mitigate it with a little bit of downtime in the evening. Yeah, Got to interspace it throughout the day a little bit more.
1: Yeah, that's when, that's where I'm having my trouble because in my head, I think as long as I'm in this stress space and as long stress space I'm growing as a company but it you know which I am but I agree with what you're saying I got to get out of it a little bit in order to I guess just have some me time you know
0: because
1: mm-hmm. all day all night I'm just thinking about the company and definitely could be stressful.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think yeah. that's a great thing. And that's why you are so successful. And we always see stress as like such a negative, right? It's always like, Oh, I'm so stressed. And the, the wording or even the way people say it is kind of sad, but it's the thing that gets you up in the morning. It's the reason why you're so successful. It's the thing that like pops you out of bed in the morning, you know? hundred percent. So we got to see it as like the most beautiful thing ever, but it's, you just can't be in it all day, every day. Okay. Yeah. So again, I never know what works for each individual person, but something along the lines of, what has worked a lot or really well for a lot of people is have you heard of brain fm before mm. so it's like this app that uses binaural beats to actually change your brain waves so it's like sound about- therapy yeah okay yeah. i've heard so of this yeah they they're doing a lot with like adhd and um kids with add right now okay And they're basically just playing this and changing the sound or changing the brain waves of these children which help mitigate symptoms so yeah it's wild so when we think about it like we're listening to these if you listen to these things and especially for like athletes entrepreneurs go-getters it's really hard to shift into that relaxation state right even when you're relaxing you're like i could be doing this i could be answering all these emails i could be x y and z you know Mm. so i think um a forced reset is really important. Okay. And sometimes if you don't have the breath work skills or if you haven't practiced meditation, it's obviously hard to sit on a pillow and not think about anything for any duration of time. So this one is almost like making you change your brain state. Okay, cool. Yeah. So even like throw five minutes of that in every now and then in between like big tasks or pick three things that you really want to get done in that morning and in between each one, throw that on for a little bit. Okay. And it might enter that rest and digest a little bit more Mm. that can help you kind of digest food a little bit more at that lunchtime you might not get that crash as much yeah
1: okay i'm gonna look into that
0: yeah there's some cool stuff i'll definitely send you a link to uh to check it out
1: my mom owns a spa and i've been going to her spa for years Mm. and i'll get a massage there you know like maybe once a month and i I swear to god some of the most relaxing times during the massage or right before where i'm sitting there where the music is going in the room and i'm just face down my eyes shut mm-hmm. and i'm just kind of laying there for five minutes before the masseuse comes in just being able to close my eyes think and then there's song this the awesome music is in the back like that spa ocean mm-hmm. shit so i love that yeah it allows me just to like breathe yeah. you know when you, you like put your finger right here and mm-hmm. like that you're, you get that t- you know like like yeah. oh, i guess When guys get shaved on the back of their neck on a haircut it like brings those senses up it like tingles it's like it's like that 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 zen place right there that i just i love
0: yeah and how often would you feel that what do you mean that sensation not a lot yeah and i think like that sensation is really important to actually feel relaxed to actually have your shoulders drop Because if we can can get into that, I think like productivity is enhanced and thought processes are enhanced and like critical thought and like decision-making and all that sort of stuff would probably get, would, would improve greatly Mm. from that, you know? But again, our whole life, bigger, stronger, faster, especially with athletics, right? Mm. You can't take off the gears. You have to be the best. You have to keep training. You have to train every day. Like when I look at the workout schedules that we used to do at Dal. Made no sense towards <laughs> hockey. Right. Didn't make me a better hockey player, but yeah. definitely like drove my brain into the ground that you have to train all the time. Yeah. You know, so that's that was our headspace. And if we look about anyone that has made it and a lot of the books that have been written, like 5 a.m. club, get up as early as possible, try to get the most done in a day, you know. Mm. But now those guys are rewriting the books to say, mm. Maybe we were wrong on some of that, right?
1: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely a, a portion of my life I knew I do need to work on. It. It's one of those things I think about, but just never implement. And I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll think, I'll get it down the line. I'll, I'll figure that out later. Right now, I got to work on this. I'll figure mm-hmm. that. But if it can increase productivity, if I do every now and then take that 20, 30 minute break just to close my eyes and whatever you were just saying, it uh, it's definitely something I should be looking into for, for further productivity with myself and the
0: company. Yeah. F- speaking of productivity, where are you going next? Like after this? No, no, like with high button.
1: Oh, uh, keep Brett Friday. <laughs> I don't know. The I don't know. I'm just happy doing what I'm doing. Maybe there's really no, uh, there's really no master plan. I when people's when people go, uh, you know, I got a business plan for ten years. I kind of laugh a little. You know, my business plan changes. You know,
0: minute by minute.
1: Minute by minute. You know, I I I don't understand how someone could sit down on a whiteboard and go. Here's the five-year, four-year plan. Just the, uh, I think that I that could have been the the name of the game 20 years ago. I don't know. I wasn't an entrepreneur, or business owner, but I think the the, the name of the game right now is adapt or die. Things are moving so quickly. It, it, what's that head space or what's this uh, the room that you talk to? Oh, club. Clubhouse. Something. Yeah, clubhouse. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many things like that that just pop up left, right, and center that. You got to take a seat and go, okay, does high button sports want to be in this space? Who do we know that's already in the space that can introduce us to this space? Mm-hmm. So I, I can't really sit here and go, what's the, the next step for high button sports? All we do is we wake up every day. We continue to do what we do. We know the podcast. Like I said, hone in on your skills and don't quit that because you, you. that's one thing about this COVID thing. You have a little bit of free time and you can second guess the content that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I'm really trying not to do. I have to know that I, I trust what we're doing. The live streaming is working. It's a great business model. the The podcast is working. It's a great business model. The merch is selling well. You just got to keep doing that. Or don't, I don't want to overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm happy with where the company is and. And hope that we can do this but just on a bigger scale in the next couple of years yeah
0: and yeah. content creation is huge like i always look through your guys' instagram and there's so many like warm fuzzies that you get like the old metro center pictures and like the original yeah. keys logo and a couple of the slogans and stuff just bring you right back to like oh, your yeah. old hockey days so. yeah
1: that's the, the 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 instagram is just the reflection of what i miss right now mm-hmm. just packed metro center hallways grabbing beers It's just the the nostalgic pull i think and a lot of people have those same feelings a lot of people wish that they could be doing some of the things that i'm posting on instagram back in the day because those really were the glory days and Mm -hmm. we're definitely not in the glory days right now at least i don't think but you know it's uh it's a it's a special place to live here in halifax there's a lot of memories that have been made and there's going to be a lot more memories that are made in the future and i'm hoping that we can capture all those with my company and or with our company and
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Do you have a dream guest that you would absolutely love to have on? Um,
1: I always say Sid, mm-hmm. but I'll really probably I, I'll, oddly enough, I just think Sid will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. And it won't not that it's extremely hard to get Sid on a podcast because it is, but I just think eventually it will happen. So I'm not gonna say Sid. I'm gonna say probably like Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Like those two probably will never ever happen. But if I were to sit down and have an hour conversation with someone, it would be those one of those two guys. Um, And yeah, Sid would be great too. Tons of stories coming from that guy.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Like there's there's, if he wants
0: to share them, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. There's uh, people are asking that that guy the wrong questions. People like you know, though he's been on some great interviews. But I just I, there's so many other questions that could be asked to that guy that no one's asking, mm-hmm. and I, I think I could really hone in on uh, on who he is as a person because he doesn't really have the social media aspect. There's a lot of people that want to get to know him a little bit more as a as a as a person rather than a hockey player, and you got to respect the fact that he he likes to keep that part of his life private. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that I have a, a special touch a special touch excuse me that will i guess just uh, allow him to open up a little bit and maybe talk about some things that he's never talked about before it's it's almost like a, an interview that i've been preparing for my whole life and if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen if it does it does i'm uh, i'm not going to sit here and complain at all so uh, i'm happy with uh, with all the guests that we've had on yeah. but yeah larry david jerry seinfeld those would be great too that'd
0: be pretty cool. that'd be sick yeah yeah i agree with Sid. there's so many like health and wellness and injury management and all that sort of stuff that i just dreamed to ask him and, oh, and yeah. know how all that went down too oh yeah he's yeah
1: interesting interesting guy for sure Gone through sure it he's like such a maritimer like but he lives a weird life he's mm-hmm. a he's a he's an international superstar mm-hmm. but you can tell from just his Personality, at least from what we see, he's just a married just a gem, just a dude. He's just a guy trying to get better at hockey, <laughs> but he's extremely good at it, and I think that's great. How the fame doesn't change him. Mm-hmm. If you look at an interview from when he's eighteen to yesterday, same guy. Mm-hmm. It's cool.
0: Yeah, it is so cool. Uh, one last question, I guess it would be you know practical application to people wanting to do what you're doing now. I think you hit on it a couple times in the podcast, but what would be your like biggest piece of advice for um, maybe? athletes transitioning out of sport and wanting to get into, you know, more of an entrepreneurial role.
1: Mm. I guess it would be not to, uh, not to be afraid of the outcome of diving in head first to what you truly believe in. Cause if you have that, uh, if you have that feeling that's sitting in your, your mind or your heart or whatever it is, that feeling is there for a reason. So don't be afraid of it, attack it. And the more you wait and the more you think about it and not attack it and not do it, the more you're going to regret it day by day by day. And I definitely had that. I had the idea to start you know, this high button sports thing when I was 20, mm-hmm. but I was just too naive, too scared, too worried about what other people thought. And if I were to start this company back when I was 20, who knows where I would have been now. So don't be afraid, attack it. If you have that feeling and you, you have that that gut feeling that when you're playing a sport and you know that gut feeling, apply that to your everyday life and to your entrepreneurial journey. And I think that uh, I think that you'll be fine. And don't quit. And use your relationships. And observe your surroundings within the part of the world that you're in. Be smart with who you share your ideas with. Be smart with who you bring into your business. Um, just trust your instincts. Be kind to people. The moment you do get success success, excuse me, uh, be humble about it. Um, don't, uh, you know, the, the moment that you, you think you've made it, you're really just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And just be kind. That's all you can really do. Be kind, work hard. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah,
0: And I think too, like a lot of other Nova Scotian podcasts obviously look up to you and like all the work that you've done. So we super appreciate kind of some of the foundation that you've laid at this point. Um, where can people find you? What's the best way to reach out?
1: Um, just on Instagram, the high button sports, Twitter. I think we're high button sports. we got a website, high button sports.ca. I think that's it. We have, TikTok high button duh, at high button sports just Google high button sports we're there you'll find it we're everywhere yeah
0: awesome well thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it no
1: thanks for having me I appreciate it I love I uh, love this office I love your questions I loved everything about this and I like these headphones they I gotta figure these it. headphones out
0: and Sid if you're listening you know if you want to come on either podcast we're uh, ready yeah. to go yeah exactly <laughs> if you want to
1: come on this one you give her
0: too thank you <laughs> amazing thanks thanks. So that wraps another episode of the offseason. Thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate that. If you'd like to follow along with us, it's at theoffseason.podcast. We always appreciate a rate and good review and share. The whole point of sharing this information and, and doing these episodes is to educate as much as possible. So if you think somebody else would really learn something here, we would really appreciate that share.